Welcome to Cutting Through, the No BS Pro AV podcast hosted by CEO and thought leader, Paul the Honey Badger Harris. Tune in as we unpack and discover the truths and lies surrounding Pro AV. Hi, I am your host, Bobby Brill, and we are on another episode of Cutting Through, where we're going to talk with representatives from Aurora Multimedia and really get into this world of AV, not just from the consumer level, but from the more commercial and manufacturing and distribution level. And joining us today is Nick Reiser, who is a senior engineer with over 15 years of experience at Aurora. Nick, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. So walk us through a little bit of your background into this world of engineering, because that's kind of a big term that not a lot of people understand. Um, But how does your role and the role of AV work in this level that we're talking about today? Right. So I came to Aurora pretty much fresh out of high school. I loved robotics. I was always a futurist. And uh, right down the road is a pro AV company that is the most cutting edge company uh, in our market. We come out with the latest, greatest things. So that that was my start. I I started in manufacturing and I've worked my way up through engineering. And I've been here 15 years now. Um, Wow. And I really love how we're always doing the latest stuff. Yeah, some of the stuff that you guys are doing is pretty fascinating. And we're going to get into some of that where, you know, when first people, People first start thinking AV like, oh, you know, putting videos up on screens at a trade show. Done. Easy peasy. But it's a lot more than that, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, today, uh, AV is uh, primarily it's control and distribution, but everything's now over Ethernet. Um, And there's so many layers to it now. Um, Everything. AI is integrated. uh, VOIP is integrated. Uh, every aspect of our life has some matter of AV. Um, so what we do, commercial AV, really locks it down so that a company can have a secure system that is predictable and behaves exactly the way that they planned it and programmed it. Okay. So let, let's look at that the, that from both sides of, the, of that explanation because – you know, you're saying POE, so power over Ethernet. So yep. what's what is the uniqueness and the the cutting edge uh, capability of power over Ethernet? Why is that such a big deal? So before POE, uh, I mean, typically Ethernet wasn't even really used to distribute video. But for a short time, they had an Ethernet cable and then a really, really, really long DC power cable or a transformer to get it really far, or they would actually have to have on-site on both ends of a, of a distribution system, a DC power outlet. And if you're doing KVM and you have a kiosk out in the middle of a theme park, how are you going to feasibly run power out there for it for a new install? Um, nowadays with PUE, you can go full IT distances, and if it's safe for the data, it's safe for PUE. Oh, wow. So we're not talking about, okay, let's chop up this asphalt and concrete, run power distribution, run a video cable, an audio cable, a data cable, some other cable, wrap that up and hope nobody trips over it. Yeah. Now you have one Ethernet cable, which is Cat5, Cat6, depending on the product. Okay. Okay. And now 
for security, that's got to be something really unique and special and that you're dealing with one data pipe. How does Aurora and how is this whole world um, handling the security of this? So up until, again, AV over IP, passing video over Ethernet, uh, security was based off of chipsets, based off of all these competing standards. Um, and now with AV over IP, the majority of it inherits actual IT infrastructure standards. It's, it's been proven in much larger scales across the internet with Fortune 500 companies. So we, we just use those same uh, security layers in our video product. Oh, wow. So you're able to just, you know, switch over very simply and very easily and effectively. Yeah, although I'll be honest, it's it's very hard to get it. people that um, are familiar with plug and play of a single cable understanding Ethernet. But I think once they get into it, yeah. they, they see it is much simpler. Well, it's interesting, too, because I, I know in, in modern in this modern time, even more and more homes are are being built at the lower level with cat five or cat six installed in every room and every everybody's got in their garage or some closet, a giant computer and a 16 gang box and all of this stuff. You're like, wow, my my home is my uh, connected castle. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, if you tear apart a giant corporate building at this point, you're going to see that that was there about. 10 years prior. Oh, okay. Um, and it's taken that long for it to really hit the consumer market. Oh, we wow. actually have wow. a lot of customers that are buying commercial product and installing it in their homes because it's it's better. It's it's designed to last. It's designed to run continuously. Mm. And that yeah, that that's a big deal because once I mean even with fiber optics, it was this great lifesaver, but if anybody tripped over the cable, go home. We're done. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, that's the beauty of it. You can go out to any local store and pick up a cat cable. Oh, wow. That's great. Um, some of the other aspects that I want to just briefly touch on is this idea of VPX and IPX, which are two big touch points for Aurora. Um, walk us through briefly, what's the difference and, 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 and how are these being utilized in the products? Okay, so both of these are distribution products. They're both transceivers, so it's really cool. You can actually switch them between sending and receiving video. You put one on each end, and you already have a video system. Um, the difference between uh, VPX and IPX is that IPX uses 10G technology. That's 10G Ethernet, and uh, VPX uses 1G. Okay. So VPX, you can think of it as slightly slower, uh, but it's got the same resolution. It's both of them are full uh, broadcast quality. The difference is the latency. So with VPX, I believe we have a one and a half frame latency. With IPX, it's a zero frame latency. And that's really where it starts to matter. Um, with the lower compression on IPX, some things like spreadsheets are much easier to see. Okay. Things that have like a high degree of aliasing mm -hmm. um, and that are screen dependent come out better. Sometimes video walls, uh, it helps with. Uh, but mostly it comes down to the latency. People that are looking for broadcast quality and real time tend to go with the 10G systems, which are much more expensive. Our product isn't that much more expensive, but the network switches that you need and the cabling that you need is a big increased price. 
And when we're talking about broadcast, we're not talking about HD anymore. We're, you're you're talking about 4K, 60, 444. I mean, this is massive amounts of, you know, for camera people, this is like camera raw coming out oh, yeah. where it's like, wow, this is the highest level ever. No one no one watches anything this good. This this is this is better than real life almost. Oh yeah, and that's true for the audio quality and everything else that goes through the, uh, the IT channels. Everything is a separate channel in these structures. So you get a focus security and a simplicity out of routing anything that you want, anywhere you want. Even if that's the infrared remote that you're pointing at one of the units, you can route that anywhere else. Really? Wow. I mean, so, th so, that, so walk us through then just briefly this idea of, you know, one cable to rule them all to be ultra cliched. Um, again, what what was coming before and how has that um, changed to this power over Ethernet, this PoE idea? And what does that mean on the install level, on the actual building out a system of just a single cable? So the legacy technology before uh, IT infrastructure, uh, AB over IP, um, it was great for point to point up until a certain distance. HDMI can go a certain length, then you can repeat it with extenders. Right. And HDMI still has that latency issue as everyone's that is true. used to. The extenders have latency, but I mean, a really good extender will add very little latency. And for a very, very simple system point to point, it could be hard to beat with AV over IP. But once you go to a system of three, one transmitter going to two receivers, as soon as that happens, and it's not a simple split, right? Let's say two transceivers to uh, two, uh, sorry, transmitters to two receivers, and you actually want to switch the video mm -hmm. with a push of a button. Uh, a system like that requires an HDMI matrix, um, HDMI scalers. These dedicated hardware units are extremely expensive. Um, so as soon as you get to any scalability, uh, AB is the way, uh, IP is the way to go. Okay. Okay. And that makes, you know, and that, that sounds like a very simple thing that, oh, well, we just won't switch it. But if you're making broadcast, if you're making digital signage, if you're making an event with all of these video walls, this is 24 seven massive amounts of imagery and data and graphics and audio that has to be good without failure all the time. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. And it's going to have a high degree of modularity which is where AV over IP excels because everything becomes a setting that's stored centrally. So you can swap around all of your hardware and send out commands that make them act exactly the same way. But if you were to be using HDMI scalers to build a giant video wall and splitters and matrices, you were literally setting that up by hand to the entire system. Oh, wow. And so, that, so this one cable means less technicians per se? Oh yeah, yeah, because just like a very large IT system, we provide free software managers that allow you to see hundreds and thousands of units and coordinate them and set them up easily. Once you do set something up, let's say you're doing classrooms and you have five encoders and decoders and all of our AV equipment and a few of somebody else's, um, you can basically copy paste each classroom as you do it in our manager. Um, whereas if you're setting up a legacy system, you're literally going over to every single classroom and setting probably on site, every input, every resolution, this can all be done by a web instant. 
And and to just break it down, you know, and using the classroom uh, aspect, because that's that's a massive change as we're going forward. It seems like classrooms, hospitals, big corporate buildings, this AV over IP and, and power over Ethernet at con- connectivity is is how all of their data is going through. What are some of the, the data points or some of the the outputs that these uh, entities are using? Like what, what is a classroom using? What are they actually broadcasting, so to speak? That's, that's a good question. I mean, internally in the classroom, they're going to be interested in the teacher's laptop showing up on any screen there. Oh, wow. Uh, and maybe it's a hot swap that the teacher pushes a button and every screen is showing it like the front monitor. Uh, morning announcements are often done by a TV classroom inside the building, which would broadcast it out to the main screen probably in each classroom. Um, announcements by the principal would kind of follow the same path, but that would be coming from a different transmitter in the office. And these things would change, you know, as things mm-hmm. evolve. Um, so if you get a legacy system, you're dedicated to that install. You have to come back to change it again. If you have an uh, AV over IP system, not only can you just copy paste it, but you can remotely reset it up again. You can have someone with very basic knowledge go plug it in and then remotely see exactly the state it's in and correct it. So if all of a sudden they want to broadcast to everywhere from the gymnasium, they can go throw some cameras in there and transceivers, and suddenly you have that video on your network. Oh wow! So this is this is really taking what would have been a whole bunch of XLR cable and video cable, and and a whole crew of 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 students trying to figure this out to just one person on a nice little what is it the the RTX device that yeah. you guys have, and just kind of you know very much like a movie set in the not too distant future. <laughs> Pushing yeah. buttons and going, we're done. Just it's it's easy, all set and go. Yep, this could be done from any PC. Oh wow! So that makes it obviously a cost saver, of course. Um, what does that translate into? Um, some of these new things coming forward. Where are the new? What can ride this this single cable that? people are starting to look at. I mean, you had mentioned the uh, AI, and I know there's neural processing ideas. And again, some of this, you know, sci-tech stuff that's no longer sci-tech, it's just today's technology. What is some of this new stuff that can ride ride the PoE wave? Okay, so if you have a, a typical building and it has multiple entrances and exits and you have a camera on each, if you throw a product in there, now those cameras are on your AV network. Once they're on the AV network, we can send that video quickly anywhere else in the network. And whether that device that you use, let's say you use an IPX Ultra, has a Nook module in it, which is a high-speed computer, that, that computer could do edge processing and it could be tracking your face and counting the number of people that pass by. And with any of our products, we can also just pipe that video back to a main computer where it can be processing all those things. So for a a typical cutting edge install, you could be counting the number of people that come into your building and exit, know who's there in the case of a fire, recognize their face using facial recognition. And even if you don't have a database of who they are because they're an employee, you can recognize that they're unique person one, unique person two, Mm. unique person three. Um, 
there, there's so many applications for AI. Um, I mean, school shootings have become uh, such a hot topic in the news for obvious reasons. Yeah, it, it seems it's a it's a daily it's top of everyone's feed everywhere. Yeah. And the police, the first responders need access to that video. They need to know how many kids are in the classroom. They need to know where a specific person was last seen. And what if we could just detect gunshots, the sound of it from the beginning with our DSPs? Mm. Um, this, this technology is going to start really being demanded more and more, I think, by settings like this that have a high need for it. No, that, that's that's a fascinating application because the first thing you, you 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 mentioned was you know facial recognition, which you know not too long ago people would, I don't know facial recognition, but now it's like no, I really want to know if the buildings are empty. I really right. need to know from a safety standpoint, which, like you said, is becoming uh, important one, important two, important three. Where is everybody? Where what's happening? Do we have a, a, a head count? An idea. I'd- just had because yeah we need more customers with these applications we'd love to <laughs> do this stuff but uh we could probably identify we have a high chance of identifying um a shooter coming in because every other face there has been there before mm. this space is unique so we could show the last sure. five unique faces and be tracking where they are if they're on a camera Sure, sure, and 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 you've got. I know with a lot of this, this neural network and and recognition, body size, direction, colors. I mean, it, it's it's we're we're really at beyond science fiction at this point. We really are able to you know really keep a good eye and watch over everyone in a in a high safety manner. Some of those things, um, you know, the technology is relatively new. Things like facial recognition, which is used to unlock every phone, uh, body tracking. Uh, these things are that for gesture control or whatever you're doing, point at a TV, turn it on. Mm-hmm. Um, those things work really well. Other things like um, it's, it's just industry standard at this point, detecting someone's race. Mm. And it's not really there yet, to be honest. Yeah. But as metadata paired with some other things, it can still be informative. It means a computer thinks that a person looks like this or it could mm. be bad lighting. Yeah, but, sure. Even then, I think the data is valuable. Yeah, absolutely. And 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 to kind of, you know, what's the one step further now? If if we're if we're going in a in a unique way, is it able to um, look look at it from a larger AV standpoint? I know you've got, you know, you have your neural network going over uh, POE. You've got all of your data and AV going over uh, POE. What are some other ideas that you you're thinking about and Aurora's thinking about when it comes to using this 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 one pipe to uh, help b- bring more data in? So I should probably just go over the things that we already have because um, most of the things we've had ideas for we already brought to reality, including the AI. Um, so across that same pipe, we already have dedicated channels for uh, infrared for remotes, um, serial uh, for controlling legacy products. Um, and everything's a separate channel, so it, it has its own data bandwidth allocated for it. Um, it's a secure connection as if it were directly plugged in with its own wire. Oh, wow. And we also have across that um, audio, standard audio, the uh, embedded audio, Dante audio. Um, and then we have plans for so many more things. <laughs> so, so we really are, this is, you know, when we say cutting edge, we really are talking cutting edge at this point. Oh, yes. Yeah. If you 
compare our product specs to anyone else's, I, I think you'll find that we are advancing the entire industry. I'm going to do a wrap up question here. So give me something fun to go out on. Get what, what's, what's something, uh, some other uh, interesting idea. I mean, the, the, the school safety one is great. Uh, is one other one that we can just kind of set up as a, it would be cool if we could do, or, you know, I'm kind of thinking blah, blah, you know, something. So you got something. It would be cool if somebody had a modular 3d art exhibit that okay. they needed a video wall projected onto in real time, but it was under motion. Wow, Nick, that is a that's a lot of again, it's just science fiction we're talking about, which is so awesome. And again, going over over one cable and with of course all the hardware and software that Aurora has been developing. Um what's another cool thing? You know, take us out on something uh bizarre and wacky that you think uh Aurora can come up with. Let's see, what can we do? Uh this is hard because our product is built to be modular, so it can really do everything. And we are always surprised when a customer comes in with <laughs> a demand. But I mean, and, yeah, yeah, we can do it. What you know? What what to you when you think you know? We're talking about school safety. We're talking about video walls. You know, we're talking about one cable with all this data. What what are some other aspects? I mean, you know, are we going to start seeing three D aspects coming into into the world? Uh, yeah, I, I mean. It's just bandwidth at the end of the day. 3D needs a little bit more bandwidth unless you reduce each image, but you're basically interpolating two separate images that are slightly interchanged. So yeah, 3D, 3D already works. And I think 3D is going to keep expanding. Um, and I think that's going to end up needing higher data rates and pushing people mm -hmm. into 10G technology, like our IBX. Um, and so I guess the next thing is 20G, 50G, 100G video. What, what, what's, what's some stuff you're hoping to see with 3D? What would be cool? Hmm. Uh, I want to see a video standard that is based off of real 3D geometry that has, um, that has actual pixel mapping. It's kind of like Avatar was built. So you okay. can actually tell in the metadata exactly in 3D space where each camera is coming from and pointed towards. So when that you're reassembling an image in the editing box or live commercial editing, you can actually create a 3D presentation based on perfect perspective. You could map that to perfectly to a curved screen so that a person sitting at any point in your theater would be looking out of the human eye at something the human eye would actually see rather than this flattened, typical stuff that we look at on the screen. So you're, you're, you're thinking beyond metaverse. We're talking real time. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We're, 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 you're beyond metaverse. We don't need that. <laughs> oh, metaverse? Uh, metaverse is coming. Crypto's probably coming. Uh, I mean, anyone that wants to pay for our video incrementally in crypto let me know I'll try to <laughs> <laughs> all right awesome nick uh nick awesome nick riser you have really given us a good insight into this world of poe and where things are headed uh and what aurora is doing thank you so much for joining us Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me. And I uh, hope I get invited back. Oh, definitely. Definitely. And again, uh, hit subscribe on whatever device you're listening to and check out the show notes for more ways to connect with Aurora Multimedia. Thanks for listening, everybody. Mm -hmm.